Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 10th, 2010. And the next article in the End Time Current Event updates, just a short one, it's entitled uh, Charleston Area Medical Center Employees Are Set to Be Fired Who Do Not Get the Flu Vaccine uh, by, I guess, at the time of this writing, was Friday, so this has already passed. Because this was... This was this story came out on the sixth of January. Um, they're going to lose their jobs. These people that work at Charleston Area Medical Center, who do not get the seasonal flu vaccine by the end of the day Friday, uh, the vaccine is a condition of employment. People who do not get the vaccine will be fired. CAMC spokesman Dale Witt said, "Anyone who is not vaccinated by the end of the day Friday will not be allowed to work." then it will be termination. So now you're actually going to be fired from your job if you don't get these poisons injected into your bloodstream. And I've done more teachings on this subject than any other thing. If you just can the word vaccination or part of the word vaccination in the keyword search box up on Sermon Audio, you'll find it. Uh, CMAC employee emailed the Gazette to say it looks like the decision to let 80 employees go because they refuse to take the vaccine is actually going to take place. 80 people are going to be fired. There's that, I mean, that's encouraging to me that there's enough people with, that, with enough backbone that they're saying, no, I'm not going to take this. You know, and how, how did, well, they had to get educated somehow. And we need to, whatever we, we can do to, to educate other people regarding this, because uh, as I've said before, these vaccinations, I don't know what they're doing to the DNA. They have the possibility and the, and the absolute technology right now to, uh, through Hitachi, they've got the microchip dust that can be put into these things and you don't even know you're getting these microchips in you. And I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast, but if you're walking around with tons of microchips in you, it can't be doing you any good, put it that way. It is evil. They've actually got the, the capabilities right now of putting the microchip at the tip of the vaccination needle at the end of quality control. I've reported on all these things in previous studies, documented it with PDFs. Uh, and I don't know as far as the DNA uh, things that they're doing in the vaccines. I mean, when you're, when you're culturing vaccines off aborted babies, which they do on uh, over 13 and I'm not making this up, they're called human diploid cells, if you look it up in the physician's desk reference, they, they culture them off aborted babies, off green Reese's diseased monkey kidney tissue, uh, chicken embryos, you, you name it. They're, they're culturing and making, the, it's like a witch's brew, and you're getting injected, this stuff injected into your body. I don't know how it could affect you on a spiritual level, but I don't want to find out either. And it is something that could also affect your DNA. And, it, and the more and more I do studies, the more it seems to be coming back to the issue of DNA. Okay, let's go to the next article. This is entitled Matreya's Star. Now, this is something that I've kind of held off doing uh, any, saying anything about, because I wanted to see what ended up happening with this whole Norway star thing that happened over, over Norway. I had a lot of people emailing me about this, and I wanted to kind of, not jump into it too quick. I wanted to see what information came out on it. I wanted to see if Matreya actually released a statement on his website about it. Uh, and he did. And he's totally 100% taking credit for this. You know, he, uh, we had Benjamin Krem doing the interview with George Norrie. I have a whole three-part study I've done on that. Uh, George Norrie was so overcome 
with Benjamin Krem's presence that he had to stop the interview. It's the first time in over 5,000 interviews he, ha he couldn't go on physically because he felt so ill. He had all kind of people calling in saying the same thing. Essentially, the evil that this man is operating through, and I believe the witchcraft, if you really boil it down, is so great and so high that he actually had to stop the interview. Uh, which is, and this is a guy that interviews, you know, witches and warlocks and occultists and pagans night after night after night. George Norrie. Okay, so this is standard procedure for him, and yet Benjamin Krem, he's the one guy he couldn't even finish the interview with. Uh, where Matreya had said, not this this Xmas, but the last one before this, that he um, was going to herald in his big debut, his day of declaration, through what they call the star sign, where people would see these bright things uh, in the uh, atmosphere. Benjamin Krem described them as um, UFOs, essentially, the backside of a UFO that were like twice the size of a football field, and that people are reporting these things all over the planet. And they're sending these pictures in, and I believe it's valid because there's too many people reporting this at this point. Granted, mainstream news is not doing it yet. But there's tons and tons of sightings of these things. And this latest one, the big one, was this thing that happened in um, Norway, which, um, where we had the star, this supposed star signing over, over Norway. And... Um, Thousands and thousands of people saw it. I actually give you a picture of this in this PDF that you'll see up on, on the internet. And it's, it's really impressive looking. So let's just start this. This is from uh, a website called A Time, Times and a Half a Time by Richard Peterson. A space dedicated to reporting on the United Nations Alliance of Civilizations. This is an organization within the United Nations. It's called the Alliance of Civilizations Initiative. It is my belief that this initiative is to be the vehicle used by the New World Order to make war against the saints and those who keep the commandments of God as foretold in Daniel 7, 23-26. December 27, 2009. That was just the intro. That's describing his website. Uh, this goes on to say, once again, writer Alinda Osolowski is portraying her political opponents as religious and political extremists by attempting to associate their ideology with that of the Taliban, a regime, a regime which governed which governed by blurring the line of church and state. While Ozolowski's portrayal of Christians as extremists reflects the New Age political strategy, it might behoove her to examine her support for goddess cosmology, which openly calls for global genocide. In other words, this whole goddess mother Gaia worship thing that we're heading into via the environmental movement, via things like the Copenhagen Treaty. What does it call for ultimately? Well, see, Mother Gaia is grieved because there's too many plants on the world using up too much of Mother Gaia's resources. So the world has to be purged. The world has to be cleansed of the undesirables like us because Mother Gaia is grieved. Now, this is, the, this is going to be the coming, part of the coming essence of the coming one world religion that the, this Luciferian initiation, uh, this, this ushering in of the age of Aquarius, this is what the New Agers have been waiting for. This is going to be part of that, very much a part of that religious system. So a good starting point would be the most influential organizations in shaping the global spiritual political landscape. I refer to Lucius Trust, the United Nations Spiritual Foundation. Lucius Trust was originally called Lucifer Trust started, I believe, by Alice Bailey. But Lucifer was too overt, 
so they changed it to Lucius Trust, and um, it is the United Nations Spiritual Foundation, which intricately ties the liberation of the goddess to the doctrine of the coming one. The coming one being Maitreya has a mission to unite humanity with the fallen goddess and in the process fulfill all religion's messianic expectations. What does he mean by that? Well, what he means is if you go up to Share International and you, and you look at Maitreya, what does Maitreya claim to be? He claims to be, you know, the big kahuna. He claims to be everything to every religion, essentially. Imam Mahdi to the Muslims, which is their coming weighted Messiah. Christ to the Christians. Um, the uh, Messiah to the Jews. The fifth Buddha to the Buddhists. Krishna to the Hindus. He claims to be all of that. All the major religious systems. He claims to be there, the coming one that they're waiting on. Universalism, this religious, uh, false religious belief, will have served its role as, re as religions are required to converge into one. Remember, the coming New World Order, we're going to have a one world religious system. Now granted, there may be different flavors, but because everything's going to come under the banner, most likely, of the Catholic Church. That's most likely where everybody's going to come underneath and kind of form this one big amalgamated ab abomination. Okay? So this is what we should be expecting. Any opposition to Maitreya must be, must be destroyed. Now, this is interesting. I, I hadn't looked at this close enough, but it's in there. As in the Great Invocation. Now, what is the Great Invocation? It's the prayer that the United Nations heavily sponsors, that, you know, um, that uh, the high, most high-level New Ager sponsors, that Benjamin Kremen Maitreya sponsors. It's this prayer that basically is invoking Maitreya to come on the world scene and to take control of this world because the world is supposedly spiraling out of control and we have to have Maitreya and his ascended master buddies come here and bail us out because we humans, which were actually created by these ascended masters slash aliens or whatever they want to call themselves, we've messed things up so bad that they've got to come back and take control. That's what they believe. I'm not saying it's what I believe. I'm saying it's what they believe and teach. So, as written in the Great Invocation, this is a quote from that prayer. It says, Let light and love and power and death fulfill the purpose of the coming one. Who's the coming one? Maitreya. They're very obvious and frank about this. They're saying he is the one. Okay? So, it says, In death fulfill the purpose of the coming one. Hmm, I wonder how that's going to maybe play out. The process of destruction is what the New Age visionary says is an integral part of conscious evolution. December was a good month for Lucius Trust initiates. They are proclaiming the star which heralds Maitreya's arrival appeared over Norwegian skies. This is the star I told you about. You can see a picture of it up on, well, you can do a keyword search on the internet and find it. It's very impressive. I mean, these are high quality pictures of this thing goes on to say, while the press reported this star spiral as a failed Russian missile, this is what the press reported, theosophists and Gaia hopefuls insist it was one of several spaceships placed around the world, which is exactly what Krem's been saying. There's supposedly four of these spaceships that are appearing around the world to prepare the way and to herald the way for Maitreya's, what they call Day of Declaration. And when that happens, he will be interviewed by some uh, American um, television network and he'll present himself. Perhaps immature Pleiadans 
or the Goddess Keepers, could not wait for their 2012 Cosmic Party to start. Now, he's being tongue-in-cheek here. Some point out that timing coincides with the mid-2009 World Invocation Day. World Invocation Day is where they encourage all of their adherents and followers to come together and say the Invocation Prayer. Why? Because it's like mass global witchcraft. It's like a mass global witchcraft invocation or incantation. What are you trying to do if you invoke something? You're invoking, it's literally invoking the spirit of Antichrist is what they're, is what they're begging for. They're begging the Antichrist to come on the world scene. Now, I'm not saying Maitreya is the Antichrist. I'm saying he's a pretty high candidate in some way, shape, or form. I can't say how it's exactly going to play out. I don't believe the Bible talks about it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, And then that wicked shall be revealed, who shall be consumed um, you know, by the Lord, essentially. The wicked hasn't been revealed yet, but we're, I believe, on the cusp of that. So let's go further. Um, the World Invocation Day, which calls upon Maitreya's arrival and the ushering in of his thousand-year reign of what they call peace, light, and love. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. So, then some world leaders point out in 2010, it is the first full year of global governance, which Maitreya is supposed to lead. The country that architected the alliance the Alliance of Civilizations, which is this UN-sponsored thing, the country that architected this is to be presided over the European Union's rotational presidency, presidency during the first semester. Spain has announced it intends to advance existing, clearly defined objectives, replacing of the world's existing economic system, strengthening the United States, United Nations, and solidifying the alliance of civilization's power. The envisioned economic system is a Earth, quote, Earth-centric, and requires those participating to recognize Mother Earth as their goddess and their creator. Mother Earth. What about Father Time? And what about Baby New Year? We forgot about Baby New Year. You know, he's that cute little guy in the hat and in diapers, and then got father time at the end of the year? I don't know. I mean, come on. Anyway, sorry. A little humor there. Uh, one might be inclined to dismiss the New Age politic because it's so bizarre. That's exactly what they're hoping for. They're hoping for people to say, oh, there's no validity to this at all. Mostly Christians. Keep them duped in the dark. Oh, that's not going to happen. Even though the Bible clearly predicted we're going to be going into the most wicked time of humanity ever known, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of man. You know, it's not nothing we should be looking for. I mean, come on. It's unbelievable. This is the very thing we should be looking for. Okay? It's, it's unbelievable to me that people just ignore this type of stuff. Okay, so... Um, one might be inclined to dismiss the New Age politic because it's so bizarre. Doing so would be a mistake. The alliance of civilizations have been incorporated into NATO military doctrine, and some of its aspects can be found in U.S. military doctrine. NATO is scheduled to announce a new strategic concept in 2010. I've seen an emblem which incorporates the European Union and NATO flags, uh, and also a fragmented U.S. flag with three sixes in the flag. I'm looking at the flag right now. Okay. 
the the three sixes is the number of an, of the initiation which the new age visionaries have been teaching is a requirement for transcendence. They're going to transcend. They're going to evolve to a higher plane. What's the ultimate expression of that? Taking the mark of the beast. The number of his name, 666. That's going to be obviously a big part of the mark of the beast. I've done several studies on the mark of the beast. Um, you can do a keyword search for that. And this is actually incorporated into this particular flag that I'm looking at here. And you can go view that online. So, then I got another article from uh, a listener named Wayne. And he's got a website, and I've provided the links to his website. And he did a critique of the recent live Benjamin Krem interviews that have been taking place. Benjamin Krem's done a couple live interviews. And uh, he goes on to say, Dr. Johnson, I listened to two live Benjamin Krem interviews today. Uh, the first interview was Blog Talk Radio, which already has the interview archived available to download. And the other one was on a regular radio station. The first interviewer was a psychic. So she and Cream had no problems getting along. <laughs> yeah, I bet not. They talked about the usual topics that Krem talks about in the interviews. And they spent a considerable amount of time talking about UFOs and the people's experiences with UFOs. Um... Krem claims people who get abducted by aliens and have bad things happen to them are hallucinating and that aliens are benevolent creatures. <laughs> so all these people that have been had all these horrific experiences with these you know, supposed aliens and been probed and prodded and turned up pregnant and then they weren't pregnant and all these things that have been documented Literally 2-3% to 3 of the population claims this has happened to them in some way, shape, or form. Which is amounts to millions of people in the United States alone. 2-3% to 3 at least. Krem's saying they're all hallucinating. And that aliens are benevolent creatures across the board. Well, it just shows what a liar from the pit of hell that devil is. Um, Krem shows his true colors when he proclaimed that we are all gods repeating Satan's original line in the Garden of Eden. Well, that was the carrot he hung out to Eve. You shall be as gods. That's what he said to her. That was, that was the temptation. That was the main temptation that he used. He's no different today. And Krem is saying that we're all gods. We just need to realize our godhood. And once we embrace Maitreya, we'll be able to go to the next evolutionary leap and pathway that they are creators the Ascended Masters and these aliens, and we're their little science project. And this is called the Ancient Astronaut Theory. It's what intelligent design is based on. I've done several teachings on all of this. You can key in, you can search for. And now we're actually going to be able to rightfully take our rightful place as gods on this planet. And this is a big temptation, because... You know, people, oh, sure, I want to be my own God. I mean, what does that imply? If you're your own God, you don't have to answer to God, right? Well, I can do whatever I want to do. I can live like the devil. Who cares? I'm a God. <laughs> Isn't that what goes on in, in somebody's mind when the, when the wheels start turning, if you think about this? So, anyway, and there, he was also selling a T-shirt up there. Krem was. He's selling these T-shirts and these uh, beer koozies. And they've got, Benjamin, they've got Matreya's picture on it. 
and it says it says in a little caption it says Maitreya he's the creme of the crop get it creme of the crop sorry I lost control there I had to make a little joke regarding the whole thing anyway let's go further um, let's say so that we are all gods and said Maitreya would teach people this after revealing his true identity to the world when's that going to happen his day of declaration could that be very close. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say so. If they really did pull that thing off over Norway, and that really was a sign from Maitreya, and not a failed Russian missile launch, um, then I think we could be very close. Again, it's up to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's on the throne. See, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, regarding the very time we're living in, that God will send the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. How many church members would that apply to, who are sitting and warming a pew somewhere, totally deluded, totally unprepared for what is coming, totally thinking it's going to get better and better, and they're thinking none of this is, they've never even heard about any of this. Wow. It's like they're having pleasure being in the very position that they're in. You know? I, I don't know. I, I just, that's why I'm here, to try to wake as many people up as possible. So that they're not um, destroyed for lack of knowledge, as the Bible talks about in Hosea 4.6. Anyway, let's go further. The main reason I contacted you again, this is the, the letter uh, Wayne's writing to me, the main reason I contacted you again is I want to tell you something I found pretty odd in the second interview that Krem did. The interviewer and Krem got into a pretty heated argument about Israel. Krem claimed that Israel was the obstacle preventing peace in the Middle East. Oh, those mean, those wonderful Muslims who, who fire rockets at them every chance they get and try to kill people every chance they get, they've got nothing to do with this at all. No, they're just totally not to blame whatsoever. They're totally innocent. Every one of them. Why can't we just all get along? It's just all Israel's fault. Now, granted, I'm not going to go the John Hagee route either and claim that Israel doesn't even need a... that, that Jesus Christ didn't come to be their Messiah which is exactly what he claims in, in, in the last book that he wrote, or I don't, I don't know if he's wrote one since then. I got into an article on this. I got into the actual quote off his commercial where it comes out of his mouth. The, the, the thing's still up on the internet. You can still find it. What is that called? It's called ethnic salvation. They believe there are certain factions of Christianity in the whole Christian Zionism movement that believe that Jews don't need to even have a Messiah. They just get in because they're Jews because of the blood that courses through their veins. And they put a blanket uh, stamp of approval on anything Israel does as though it's all holy. I'm not going to go there either. But let's have some biblical balance here. I mean, if you look at the Islamic Muslim agenda, this is some wicked, wicked stuff going on here. And Israel's this tiny little sliver of land. And I've talked about the percentages here. Uh, regarding, it's like one-tenth of all the area that occupies the, the Middle East. And yet, what little that they have, it's never enough for the Muslims. Never enough. They've got to have more. And it's always Israel's fault. And every time they give them more, they just get bombed worse. 
And it's kind of funny, because I've said this a long time, and Krem and Maitreya both are very much against Israel. You look at what side they are on this. They are absolutely 100% aligned with the Muslim Islamic ideology. They speak no evil against that wicked religion. They said Yasser Arafat was a wonderful peacemaker. What a joke that was. And Krem is claiming here that Israel is the main obstacle preventing peace in the Middle East. It's always Israel's fault. And then while the interviewer pointed out that every time Israel offered concessions, they were attacked by the Palestinians. One example I remember the interviewer cited was the year 2000, when Israel offered big concessions at Camp David, while the Palestinians responded with terrorist attacks on Israel. Around this time I heard a strange noise. Oh, okay, so anyway, before I get into the next part, I just wanted to verify that. They are very much into, Maitreya and Krem are very much into blaming Israel for all the ills that go on in the Middle East. So they're very much aligned with the Islamic Muslim factions. So, just wanted to point that out to you. I've said that in many other uh, things. I've quoted right off their own website. They're, they're not trying to hide it. Around this time I heard, this is back to the article, I heard a strange noise coming from the studio of the radio station where the interviewer was being broadcasted from. Moments later, the computer system at the radio station was apparently paralyzed. So, it's kind of funny. They get into this thing about where the, the interviewer starts citing all these examples, um, how really the Palestinians are the ones to blame, and he starts making Krem look bad. All of a sudden, moments later, the computer system at the radio station was apparently paralyzed. All the callers on hold were suddenly hung up on, and Krem was suddenly no longer on the phone line. The interviewer said several times that they were trying to get Krem back on the air, but they were unable to reach him. The oddest thing was is that the radio host announced that the radio station was unable to go to a commercial break because the computer system was completely frozen. I listened to a lot of radio, but this is the first time I have ever heard a radio station unable to go to a commercial break. The radio host then had to fill in time for the remainder of the hour, perhaps 15 minutes, when the hour ended, which coincided with how long Krem's radio interview was supposed to last, the radio station was finally able to go to a commercial break. When, while it is possible that the radio studio, studio's computer system went down on its own, I would not be a bit surprised if what happened was not a coincidence. I wouldn't be surprised if something invisible might have, might have said, we have had enough of this and decided to paralyze the radio station's computer system so that Krem would have no, be not, not further embarrassed by the interviewer. Before the computer system was paralyzed, the interviewer was doing a very good job of not letting Krem go unopposed with his lies. At one point, the interviewer made an apt comparison of Krem's New Age spirituality evolutionary message to Nazism, which really upset Krem. Uh, so, that's an interesting thing. You know, we have this thing that happened with George Norrie, where there were, not only was so George Norrie so overcome, but he wasn't trying to oppose Krem, you have to understand. But many of his listeners were so overcome, they had massive headaches, they felt physically ill, they couldn't even listen to the interview. George Norrie had to stop the interview. That was kind of a weird thing. And now we have, the, and then when Norrie had interviewed Krem before, the same thing had happened, but just not to that extent. Now we have a thing where it's not going Krem's way on an interview, and he has to, uh, the interview just ends in this really mysterious way. So again, uh, something to think about there. Unfortunately, there's no podcast of the interview yet. 
Eventually, the radio station might have a podcast and interview. Uh, but I don't know when it will be available. The podcast may be eventually available here. He gives a link to his website, and I also provide two links to, to his website. So that was kind of interesting as well. Okay, so now let's go to the next uh, article here. And this one is t- entitled, A Christian Review of Avatar. I've had a lot of people ask me to do a teaching. It's very hard for me to do dedicated teaching anymore um, on just like one movie. It's There's a lot of different teachings I'd like to do. I just don't have the time to get to them all. This is just a brief synopsis of the obvious, I think, regarding this movie. Um, and again, this is from a Christian movie thing. I don't recommend going to movies. Okay, I haven't been to a movie in years. Now, I'm not saying it's because I think I'm better than everybody else. I'm just saying, if you go to a movie, where's the money going? It's going to Hollywood. Um, it's not a good place to be putting your money. And you're, who knows what kind of subliminal embeds they're doing in movies nowadays. So it's, it's something where also, you're, if you're there, I mean, it, regarding this, just look at all the stuff you're going to be exposed to regarding this movie. Avatar, its main theme is get rid of human beings now. So it's another propaganda depopulation show. Avatar is a visually stunning but shallow and abhorrent science fiction adventure pitting evil human capitalists against heroic, spiritually sensitive aliens on the planet Pandora, like Pandora's box, who worships a false deity in nature. Oh, wow, like Mother Gaia, like we were just talking about, which will be a prerequisite of the coming, you know, New World Order religious system? Huh, imagine that. I wonder if they're trying to telegraph anything to us. Does it? I mean, it's 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 amazing because it's like I know that these these subjects seem maybe different and maybe on the surface unrelated, but isn't it amazing how when we talk about things, how one thing will segue into another, into another, into another, and cross confirm back and forth? Well, that's what we should be looking for when we're dealing with truth. If we're on the right path regarding looking at something, and you know, over three hundred and some eighty teachings up there, and it seems like we've had. A lot of different confirmation. That's what we would hope to have if we were operating, trying to seek truth. We're going to get a lot of confirmation of that. So, let's go further. It says, Avatar has an abhorrent, new age, pagan, anti-capitalist worldview that promotes goddess worship and the destruction of the human race. Review. It's extremely strong, new age, pagan, politically correct worldview. Contains strong environmentalist content, extremely strong, communistic group think tank philosophy, overt New Age Gaia goddess worship, and tree worship extolling people over the individual and promoting the connectedness of everything in nature. A strong Marxist overtone, a very strong anti-capitalist content, where human capitalists are presented as greedy, merciless thugs abusing the creatures and landscape of another planet. And this is also a main thing of Maitreya and Krem's message. They're very much against anything of a free market, capitalistic type of society. Uh, They want to return us to like a communistic, communal, um, socialistic society where all resources are shared and that, you know, you are uh, essentially a slave of the state is what it really ends up boiling down to. A slave of the New World Order. And you just have to do do their bidding because it's better for the the, uh, overall common good as they would say. So, let's go further. Uh, 
it has some Christian references and allusions with some twisted Christian biblical values, including themes of being born again, sacrificing yourself for others, and respecting nature, but greatly differing from the revealed biblical good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Avatar has the occultic content of speaking to dead spirits, 26 different obscenities, 10 different profanities, very strong bloody violence, with huge battle scenes, people impaled by spears and arrows, stabbings, hatchetings, attacks of vicious animals, poisonings, blood wounds, death, people caught in the mouth of large creatures, creepy tree grows into people, uh, people and creatures are shot, blown up, run over, plus ugly alien creatures could cause children's nightmares. Sexual content includes illusions of sex between partially clad aliens and hints of bestiality with animals and sentient aliens. I mean, you know, sounds, you know, like pretty much an abomination straight from the pit of hell to me. And then also some upper female nudity on the aliens. Also, 10-foot-tall humanoid creatures nearly naked throughout the movie, smoking and implied drug references. The movie promotes an anti-human, reverse racist ideology. Well, I'd say that pretty much sums it up. Let's go to the next article here. This is called Satanic Sacrifices, A Million in the United States to Go Missing in 2010. Now, this is, this is something I've known about for a long time. And this is statistics we're talking about here. Uh, this is from Richard Evans from December 13th of last year. Statistics on missing persons in the United States are difficult to find, but appalling. The following missing person estimates are from the Kyle Fleshman Foundation. 23 people are reported missing on a daily basis. Human trafficking is very real, a huge activity worldwide. Among other uses, trafficked people are a pool of victims for uh, other uses. Trafficked people are used for a pool of victims for selection for occultic human sacrifices. It is estimated tens of thousands of sacrifices routinely occur worldwide on the dates, on the calendar. Best advice to the public is to know where your pets and your children are at all times. This is serious, okay? And again, if you look back at the pedophilia study that I did, this will confirm that. You have to understand, and we're going to look at this. People at the very, very highest levels of Satanism, Luciferianism, most uh, religious systems at the very highest levels, if the truth be known, use and practice human sacrifice, just like they were in the Bible. Why would this surprise us? We're living in a time where, as we just said, Jesus Christ himself said, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of um, uh, Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, those were the most wicked times the world's ever known. God had to totally wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. God had to totally wipe out everybody in Noah's day. Um... That's what we're to be expecting in the day and times we're living in now. Human sacrifice during those times is almost like a foregone conclusion. Why would we think that we're living in a time where we're above that now? Just because we don't see it. Just like abortions. Well, yeah, just because abortions are done within the darkness of the mother's womb. It's more palatable now than in times past when they openly sacrificed human babies you know, on the altar of Chemosh and Molech and things of this nature. See, the, the devil's gotten a little more slick at what he does. It's not so overt. It will get more overt as times progress. 
But to make it more palatable, he had to start us off with certain things. This goes on to say, it is estimated in 2010 that over 1 million missing persons will be registered with law enforcement agencies. 800, 814,957 were registered in 2007. As of December 1, 2007, only 105, 229 missing person cases were, were considered active. In 2007, only 15 0.8% of the missing person cases registered were classified as, quote, located by the National Crime Information Center. Only 15% were actually found in 2007? 52% of active cases were juveniles. 11% were considered young adults, 18 through 20. 55% of missing adults are men. 40 of them are white. 40% are white. 30% are African American. 20% are Latino. Only in October of 2001 were adults made inclusive of the National Missing Children's Organization National Clearinghouse Database for Missing People. This was called Christian's Law. So, only in 2001 were adults made inclusive. Now, these are the cases that are reported. What about the ones that aren't? Where are they all going? I think when we get to heaven, we're going to absolutely be horrified at what was going on behind the scenes. I, I, you, it's it's going to be absolutely horrifying what we're to find and how we were so, myself included, clueless on a lot of different levels. But again, if we don't know about this stuff, how do we even know to pray about it? to petition God regarding it. Little legislation since Christian's law has been initiated by the government to address the growing problem of missing adult cases in our country. No new laws have been enacted and little federal support has been given. Satanic holiday dates change annually according to the regular calendar and differ from cult to cult. But this is a general guideline. I give you the cultic holidays here. Okay, I'm just going to go through some of these, not all of them, because there's so many, it would... It's, just a ton. New Year's Day, okay, is one of them. That's the Druid Feast Day. Uh, human sacrifice between 15 and 33. Now, I'm not saying all people that are in paganism do this. The people at the highest levels that can pull this off, that they, they can they can handle this. They can they can arrange these things. But you have to understand, this is what Satan. They're not doing this just for the fun of it. They're doing it because this is what Satan requires from them in order to get whatever they're wanting to get or in order to appease him. This is what said, wasn't it that way in the Bible? Chemosh, Molech, all these Baal, these deities they sacrificed children to, sometimes it was for financial gain, but normally, whether it was for, for financial gain or not, it was they did this out of fear of their own life many times because if they didn't do it, the repercussions from this deity that they were sacrificing to were many times uh, pretty horrific. It may have resulted in their death. This was taking place in the Bible. And the two most wicked times ever cited in the Bible, Jesus Christ said it was going to be that way prior to his return. Lot and Noah's day. 
do you think that this might be going on? Particularly when we've got a projected 1 million people that are going to be projected missing this year. I'm not saying all of this is going to that. But, I mean, I don't think uh, it takes a lot of imagination to, to realize that a substantial amount sure could be. There may be other um, wicked, nefarious things that these people... I mean, this whole thing about the UFO and these abduction victims, I already told you, 2 to 3%. Many of these people turn it missing and they're, they're gone. They're not there anymore. They're off the radar screen. That's something else to think about. Uh, next holiday is called St. Weinbald's Day. It's January 7th. It's a blood sacrifice. Uh, it's animal or human sacrifice and dismemberment. The sacrifice is preferably a male, if it's a human. Then January 17th, this would be the next one coming up. It's called Satanic Revels. It's a sexual type of uh, thing. Um, it, the, the best sacrifice for that is a female between 7 and 17. Next one, January 20th through 27th, abduction, ceremonial preparation, and holding of sacrificial victims for what they call candle mass. It's a sexual and blood type of event, human sacrifice, female of any age is the preferred. And then St. Agnes Eve, casting of spells, uh, candle mass, February 2nd. It's a blood sacrifice, either animal or human sacrifice. And then another, you could go on and on and on. Okay. Uh, Good Friday, there's another one. Day of Passion. Now, again, I don't believe the whole Good Friday thing is, is a Catholic creation, just so you know. You could do a whole study on that. But that's blood sacrifice, human sacrifice, male only. And he has to be an adult. And then Easter. Ishtar. Okay? With a goddess Ishtar. has nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nothing. I've done a whole teaching on this. Proving that has to be determined through astrology. If it was the day that Jesus was resurrected, why would it have to be determined through astrology? It's based on the, I think, like the first moon that comes after Ostara. Okay? Again, I've done a whole study on this. You can key it in on the search box. You got Christians celebrating this as the resurrection of Christ. And has nothing to do with that. It's a pagan holiday that was incorporated into the pseudo-Christian belief system by the Catholic Church to appease both the pagans and the Christians. Starting back in 318, when Constantine became the first pope. Of course, it didn't, that didn't happen right then, it happened later. But, yeah, so uh, then let's just do some more. Um, Beltane, May 1st, that's a very high... Um, Satanic Sacrifice Day. It's also called May Day or Walpurgis Day. It's a Druf, Druid Fire Festival. I know there's human sacrifice required for that. Um, let's see. Let's go further. August 24th, St. Bartholomew's Day. Um, there, there's so many of, of these days that you've you got, obviously, um, Halloween. And that's actually, they've got this listed from October 13th to 30th. It says preparation for All, all Hallows' Eve, which is really the highest of all satanic holidays. Considered the devil's birthday. 
It's called Samhain, Halloween, abduction, holding of ceremonial, ceremonial preparation of individuals for human sacrifice. This is when people get abducted a lot of times in this period, right before Halloween. Okay, um, And then October 28th through 30th, high, Satanist High Day, Holy Day related to Halloween, human sacrifice each day. Any age, male or female, it's blood sacrifice. And then October 30th through 31st, all, all Hallows Eve and all Hallows Eve, Halloween night. Uh, it's just, it's so sick. And then they also have the winter solstice, uh, which we're talking about Yule here, Sabbat festival, feast day, um, so human sacrifice. And then demon revels and Christmas Eve, December 24th, blood sacrifice. They receive body parts as Christmas gifts. That's the true spirit of Xmas, where they receive body parts as Christmas gifts. I've done a whole teaching on Xmas as well. Nothing but a pagan holiday. All it is is the holiday of Saturnalia, which is the birthday of the sun god, Tammuz, or whatever flavor that you want to put on it. It's his birthday. The birthday of the sun god. Not the son of God, but the sun god, Tammuz. It was originally celebrated by the Romans as Saturnalia. So, yeah, that's what they, they actually receive body parts as Christmas gifts. And the, the primary sacrifice is an infant male. It really is that bad. Now, if you want confirmation of this, I, I posted a video right below. This is where I first got started finding out about this. Um, this is from, um, I'm just going to read you this caption. Too many Christians are enthusiastically celebrating pagan holidays thinking they're Christian. Once you understand how very pagan America and the rest of the Western world has become... You can see how God's judgment cannot be far behind. In this video, former Illuminist Satanist Doc Marquis, who was a generational Luciferian born into this, I've actually talked to Doc Marquis on the phone, it has been a long time. He actually sent me a video on Nazi Germany. But anyway, um, he did this video on the uh, pagan holidays, how all these holidays that are supposedly Christian are the farthest thing from Christian, and he celebrated them as a Luciferian. And he tells you the true meaning behind them. I do that too in the teachings, but he goes through like most of them. And he tells you how it actually works. Um, anyway, he demonstrates how our holidays have been copied from Satanism and just given Christian names. You'll be shocked to realize how very pagan our annual celebrations are. You'll be shocked to realize how most of the symbols used in our holidays originated, originated with Satanism. Yep. That's the truth. Uh, that's what's going on. Next article. Rick Warren takes $2.4 million in donations after plea. This is from the AP. Uh, evangelical pastor Rick Warren's plea for donations to fill a $900,000 deficit at his South California megachurch bought in, brought in $2.4 Wow. Warren announced to cheers during a sermon on church on Saturday. Warren said the amount raised after the appeal was posted online Wednesday, including only money parishioners brought, brought in person to Saddleback Church by New Year's Eve. More was arriving by hand and by mail, he said. So who knows what it'll be at the end. He goes on to say, This is pretty amazing, said Warren, who made the announcement of bringing out 24 volunteers, each holding up a sign, of $100,000. I don't think any church has gotten a cash offering like that off a letter. Well, they're under his spell. 
They literally are. The Bible says, of, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. Speaking of these false wolves in sheep's clothing, like Rick Warren, who's heavily peddling the emerging church and every other form of, of abomination and lukewarmness. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he has brought into bondage. If you go to a church like good old Rick Warren's and you sit under that teaching and basically let him be the elder shepherd, your leader, you will come under his spell eventually, most likely, unless God prevents it. But most people are overcome by this. They're blinded to it. They're in it. They're in so deep, they don't see anymore. They're blinded. And many times their consciences are seared with a hot iron. Like the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1. And that's what the Bible predicts. For in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Well, if you're in that church, that's what's going on. I'll just, you know. Uh, then he goes on to say, the pastor said he planned to talk about what he called his church's radical generosity in the rest of the week's sermons. Well, I would imagine that would be enough for him to get him motivated. Now, I've done a, a few different teachings on Rick Warren. I've mentioned him several times. But one is entitled Rick Warren and Rupert Murdoch. Saddleback's most infamous member. Rupert Murdoch's actually a member of his church. Rupert Murdoch being one of the most wicked men on the planet basically uh, has a TV slash also controls a lot of pornography that he promotes. One of the most wicked men ever in all of media. And that's what the media says about him. And then I've got another one entitled Rick Warren leading the apostate Christianity straight to hell. Um, <clears throat> and he apologized recently for his remarks that he's made about the gays. He's recanted his position. He's apologized and uh, I guess he's on their side now. You know, he, what, he was one of the ones that gave the opening prayer at Obama's thing. I gave, I had a report on that too. If you just can't warn, I actually posted a couple of these teachings. If I have a subject that I'm talking about on the PDF, many times right below it, you'll see a teaching I've done related to that subject. I'll try to go in there and provide you with some more confirmation that I've given, as opposed to doing a whole other study because I've already done studies on this. This next article is from Dr. Greg Dixon. And I'm just going to read part of this because it gets real technical for some people. And I don't want to lose people on this. But I'm going to give you kind of the, the, the very first part and the very last part. And I'm going to leave the whole thing up on the, on the thing. And I'll also give you the link to read the whole newsletter off unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com so you can read this because this is a question I've seen come up many times. And it's entitled, Unincorporated Associations Are Not Unregistered New Testament Churches. The subject that we are dealing with, in my opinion, is the most confusing subject among preachers, church, lay folks, and even attorneys that we have to deal with constantly at the Biblical Law Center. Now, if you go to the unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com, you can um, see the contact information for the Biblical Law Center. And they're the ones that help other churches get out of this system, this system of bondage that the 501c3 brings upon them. Going further, for instance, often preachers say to us, quote, our church isn't a 501c3 church because we aren't incorporated. 
Then we ask them, well, does the church have a bank account, an EIN number, which is an employment identification number? Uh, does it have trustees? Does it have a constitution and bylaws? Does it conduct an annual business meeting? Does it give tax-deductible receipts? Does it file tax-exempt forms? Does it file for mercantile permits? Does it support missionaries through an incorporated mission board? Or is the church listed in a denomination or incorporated fellowship directory, etc.? If the answer to any of these is yes, then even if the church is not incorporated, it has the trappings of a corporation. And besides this, it, its very existence is considered a tax-exempt organization by the Internal Revenue Service according to publication 1828, Tax Guide for Churches and Other Tax-Exempt Organizations. Now, Dr. Dixon's really seriously done his homework on this subject. Way more than me. He's wrote books about this. Trail of Blood Revisited. We'll talk about that in a second. So if you have questions about this, get the book, read it. You can go get it at unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com. Get the book, read it. You can contact them. Uh, he works with a, a lady named Barbara Kate. She's a great friend of mine. Uh, they know their stuff regarding the subject. Okay, I don't know anybody that knows more about this than they do. Uh, so it goes on to say, we do not have the space in this article to try and prove to the skeptics that all of the above are trappings of corporate activities and that there are many court cases and examples to give evidence of these facts. Many of them are in my book, Trail of Blood Revisited, Faith Publications, Fourth Printing. The next error that we keep hearing is the erroneous idea that churches are automatically tax-exempt. Well, this isn't true either. Let's examine the issue further. The IRS considers unincorporated an unincorporated church to be a legal entity called an unincorporated association or, quote, religious society, and to be treated as any other nonprofit organization or, quote, public charity under Section 501c3 of Title 26 of the Internal Revenue Code at 508. See, the IRS is the main thing that's been used to entrap these churches. There's no way you could ever possibly understand all the IRS code, because, number one, it changes all the time. Number two, much of the code contradicts itself in various places and it's meant to be that way it's meant to be so confusing nobody could have possibly figure it out going further it says in um, in this revenue code at 508 you will notice that all churches whether incorporated or not are considered 501c3 tax exempt public charities according to the IRS churches regardless of doctrine whether incorporated or unincorporated are treated the same by the IRS they do not have to file any forms for tax exemption. But it does not say they have a mandatory tax exemption. It says they have a mandatory exception. Now, there's a big difference between exemption and exception. Now, I'm not going to go any further. I'm going to, if you want to go down that, read this further, all the verbiage is here in the newsletter. And you can also, I strongly advise you to go to unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com, read it there, contact them. Uh, because it can, this subject can get real technical uh, if you really, really want to split hairs. Okay, So, just ending it, it says, What we now have is an IRS-recognized and controlled church in America. And without their approval and employer identification number, the Lord's true churches cannot exist without a great deal of difficulty. The IRS-approved state church includes weird religious cults of all kind, which include witch covens, Jewish synagogues, mosques, 
Mormon stakes or Buddhist temples. So again, when you're in that 501c3 status, just look at what you're really yoked up with. One big happy family of witch covens and, and pagans and Mormons and Buddhists and mosques, you're in with that. How can Christ be your head when the IRS and the government have rule over you? How, how can that happen? How, how, you, you, anything that has two heads is a monster. So let's go further. The Supreme Court even allows Babalus, uh, the Babalus, a strange cult that cuts the head off chickens in downtown Hialeah, Florida, to have their tax exemption, in spite of their violating health laws of the city, because they have because they have the number. I believe he's referring to the EIN number. When the Biblical Law Center aids in the organizing and reorganizing of a church using its methods, the church makes a declaration that it is not one of these IRS legal entities, but rather a New Testament church recognizing the Lord Jesus Christ as its only Lord and head. Amen. Okay, so next article. This is a... I'm just going to end it by reading some things that uh, some listeners sent in. This is a warning. Todd Fox Bentley, I guess Fox is part of his real name, Fox Bentley's trying to return. Todd Bentley's trying to return, bringing back the flames of hell with him. Hello, this is just a quick message I'm sending out to a few people to warn everybody that the shameless criminal con artist and propagandist of damnable false gospels, Todd Fox Bentley, is trying to come back with his criminal healing scams, as well as the same pagan Pentecostal filth that is spread before to lure the naive into yet another perverted form of false Christianity. He just opened up a new account at YouTube yesterday, and I happened to search his name today, as I occasionally do, and found out about it. Wait till you see his videos. It's absolutely ironic how he even takes pleasure at portraying himself as a satanic-looking figure burning in hell with flames behind him and horns above his head. He, here is a screenshot from the video to be used in any article you may want to help to shut down this shameless con man. And I know that, um, uh, I know that, what's his name? That guy that, oh, Morningstar Ministries. Anyway, um, he's, he's supporting this comeback. One of the main Pentecostal false religions is reinstating him and supporting uh, Todd Bentley in this whole thing. Now, looking, I'm going to give you a picture of good old Todd Bentley, or I like to refer to him as Odd Bentley, and here's a picture of him. He couldn't look any more demon-possessed. He's got fresh fire behind him, which is his ministry. He's got flames on his throat from the tattoos, flames all up his arms. He's wearing a black coat, black shirt, he looks totally demon-possessed. He's got fresh fire. And in the middle of the fresh fire is a globe that's on fire. And what you see above his head are two flickering flames. Literally, his head is right where the globe is. So when you look at it, it looks like he has two flaming horns coming out of his head. I'm not exaggerating. This is really... I'm showing Onetta now. And, uh, yeah, this is what he's, he's doing. He's got all of his jewelry on still. Yeah, he really looks like he's repented to me. I mean, you know... What's not to like? Let's just go ahead and uh, let's pray a little little clip from this. It's only about a minute long. I want to give Todd Bentley a chance to present his side of the story here. So let's see here. We're ready. How about you? I, I can feel the, the spirit of revival. It's in the air. And you know it. Now, just another thing that's interesting about this is, is 
that you don't really see in the screenshot is you'll actually, um, where his head is, it's in place of this globe. And he's, he's in the forefront of this. And in the back, the globe, he's got this thing, this effect where it looks like there's smoke or steam coming off his head, off the flames. So it's like it's the flames, I, I refer to the flames from the pit of hell, coming off his head as well. So it's a nice touch, it really is. It's time. God is moving. God is pouring out his spirit. And we're asking for the hungry and thirsty. Those that are saying, God, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. That's what I want. I'm crying out for a fresh visitation of his manifest presence. And you don't want to miss it. This January the 12th, right here at Morningstar, 7 p.m., we're going to have an open service. We're doing a revival webinar. We're going to be talking about revival, and we're going to be praying for revival. And there's going to be a special impartation time this January the 12th. You're not going to want to miss it. We're asking for a live audience. That's right. We're asking for you. We're asking for the hungry and thirsty. We're going to be praying for those to receive a special impartation of the fire of God to carry revival in 2010. It's a new year. It's going to be broadcast on the Internet to the world, but we're looking for a live audience right here, January the 12th, 7 o'clock at Morningstar. If you're hungry and thirsty for a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit, be there. And again, this is just classic Pentecostal lingo. I know I've been there, done it, uh, you know, got the t-shirt, the whole nine yards. So what he's looking for is more deluded followers that will come under his spell, literally, that will be overcome by him. So ultimately they can make a whole bunch of money. Is what it always ends up boiling down to. So. Uh, and I, I know I did several teachings on Todd Bentley before. If you want to know more about the situation. And I'm not bragging. okay? But I'm going to tell you what happened. I've told this in times past. But a lot of my newer listeners may not know this. At the very end of his last. Uh, rise or whatever his first rise to power. He was having a crusade. It had gotten so big that they had to get it out of the church that they were in. And they were actually at an airfield. And the man that was at our home Bible study at the time, uh, Doug, him and I went to this um, crusade. And we prayed for probably, I don't know, four or five hours, on and off. We would come into the tent. It was this big tent. He wasn't even there. But, I mean, I saw the most ungodly stuff going on there. And I've been in a lot of Pentecostal things. And it was, it was one of the worst I've ever seen. The way, particularly the women were acting. I mean, my word, they were doing some really, really ungodly stuff. There was one lady over in a, the aisle, and she had this cross above her head. She was on her knees, and she was just, like, waving around and, like, gyrating back and forth. And, and it was one thing after another that you were, you were witnessing. Uh, all kind of outbursts and things like that, and we were we were praying against any wickedness that would manifest, and that if this man wasn't of God, that you would you know stop this wickedness and stop him from deceiving these people. And even though he wasn't there, within two or three days of us leaving there, the tents were down. They had to suddenly end this supposed crusade because the attendance dropped off so uh, abruptly. Two or three days. It was not. It was scheduled to go on at Noah for at least another two weeks where the tents were. Two or three days out. And then within the same week, all of this broke about him cheating on his wife. 
and about how he had been doing this, having an affair, how he wasn't even repentant about it. And that was when he went down. Now he's trying to make a comeback. But I, what I'm trying to say is that, not that I'm special, but the power of prayer, particularly if you go on site and do this, you know, if you have the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And I've seen that work over and over. So this is something that um, we can all do. You know, I don't have the time really to do a lot of that. Uh, it was, you know, quite a drive to get to where this guy was at. And even though he wasn't there, I think it was irrelevant because the Lord accomplished this. And all of a sudden, he was, uh, the guy was taken out at the knees. And I didn't do it, but God did. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I'd give you a link here to one of the studies I've done. It was entitled, Lakeland Revival, Convicted Child Molester, Todd Bentley, Lying Signs and Wonders. Yes, you heard me. He is a convicted child molester. It's, it's not something that he likes to talk about, obviously. But yes. And then I would have people say, oh, you're dredging up his past. Oh, come on. Anyway, the documentation's there and the PDFs as well. I probably did over ten teachings on Todd Bentley. And, you know, he's no different than he was then. He's just trying to make a comeback. A uh, link a uh, Christian lady sent me is entitled, Reading Through the King James Bible. I just wanted to share this with you. Um, let's see. Here's a link to a King James-only podcast of the chapters of the Bible starting Genesis 1. Each day, starting January 1st, 2010, three chapters are uploaded so a person can download them, read along, or listen with the goal of reading through the Bible in a year. It's day two, so there are only six files up for now. Uh, and it goes on a way. She gives me the link to this. Anyway, it's, it's a way that you can read through the King James Bible in a year. Okay, so if you're interested in that, uh, I get questions from time to time about that. And this is, sounds like a great thing. The files are being uploaded to a site that belongs to Independent Baptist Church in Claremont, Florida, that is King James only where the teaching uh, sounds very solid. So, that looks... And then I give you the link to the teaching I've done on the King James Defendant as the Word of God. The last thing I wanted to touch on, I had a lady, a Christian lady named Kathy says, she says, in case you might have thought it's not as bad as it seems, think again. I was in Safeway, which I believe is a grocery store, here in Vancouver, Washington. I found an ad for the First Christian Church, First Christian Church, sponsoring a special guest singers known as Children... 18.3, like, the Bi- like it's like their Bible verse, except theirs is called Children 18.3. You know how, okay, Daniel or, or, or Jeremiah 18.3, well, theirs is called Children 18.3, and I went to their website, it was quite interesting, I give you the link to their website, or she did, and uh, she said, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I know it's prudent of us not to be like the guy in the Bible who said, I thank God I'm not like him. But at the same time, what can a Christian say that is positive when confronted with what is called Christian nowadays? If John saw our generation, I assume he had no, um, I would assume he, well, let's see. It says, talk about the last days, folks, departing from the faith and giving way to seducing spirits. Now, I, I give you some pictures of this, of this Christian rock group that's going to be appearing at this first Christian church. I'm showing Onetta right now. And it shows this guy, and he's got, his eyes are totally blacked out. He's, he looks like he's total, total goth. In one picture, he's doing like this invocation where his hands are raised up. This other one, he's just sitting here on like a bike. 
and he's got his eyes are all blacked out. And the, I mean, the guy looks as demon-possessed as possible. He's probably the lead singer. And then they have the bleach blonde-haired, punk-rock-looking girl in the band. And then some other guy that, um, I don't know what what his role is in the band. But anyway, they sell all this stuff up there. You can buy t-shirts, you can buy posters, all this stuff. One of the posters is like the creepiest clown I've ever seen in my life. It's like this demon clown. He's got like fang-like teeth. And and it says, Children 18 is a bunch of clowns. Now that is Christian. I don't know about you, but I haven't heard much of a... It should be Children of the Corn is what they look like. I mean, these guys are really creepy. And then they've got a button, I believe, you can buy. And it says CH183. And I, I don't know, I, you know, listen, all I had to do is look at their pictures. I, I don't even, I, I'm sure I only know a little tiny portion. I'm not even trying to expose this group regarding doing an expose on them, because I'm sure if we looked in what the meaning of Children 183 and what their stance is, um, it would be equally appalling. All I have to do is look at their pictures to know they're wicked. Okay, they're openly wicked. They're proud of it, and this is the kind of stuff that's performing as First Christian Church or whatever. This button that I'm looking at has skull and crossbones, which is symbolic of death. They're trying to get skull and crossbones on all the clothing now that's coming out. They've even got it on baby clothes. What is the skull and crossbones synonymous with? Death. That's the universal symbol for death. And this is one of their main things they're trying to promote as well. So that's the state of things uh, in the church and in the world uh, for this date. And um, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. We'll go ahead and close this in the world word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and time you've given us. We do praise you for your goodness and your mercy. Um, I pray that this wickedness, Lord God, would continue to be exposed, that people would pray and fast regarding these issues, um, that you would wake up as many people, Lord God, as possible, that their souls would not ultimately end up burning in hell, Lord, but ultimately what Satan intended for evil, you would use for good. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and deep secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.